Welcome to Feeding Your Healthy Mind, a space where I reflect on ideas, concepts, and practices that can help us cultivate personal, physical, and mindful growth. Can small habitual changes really make us feel more connected, nourish our bodies and minds, as well as develop our consciousness? Let's expand our awareness, lean into discomfort, and find new ways to challenge what we know and how we think. Whether spiritual, psychological, or scientific, let's explore it all. Join me for the next few minutes in feeding your healthy mind. Welcome back to the Feeding Your Healthy Mind podcast. It's been a few weeks. Um, Usually I put an episode out every two weeks. But yeah, I have been taking some time out. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about this episode. Today we're going to talk about therapy and counselling. Journaling. All of the ways in which we can use to really go into ourselves and figure out what it is that might be going on. We can't always be happy, excited, um, together, and it's very normal to experience turbulence in our lives. I think, I think I've mentioned this before, but if you don't know what it is to feel low, you really can't enjoy the highs of being happy. And everything in moderation, everything is a balance and helps us appreciate and understand life. So let's talk about it. What are the ways in which you self-regulate? Do you self-regulate? Does that mean anything to you? I'm gonna share a bit about how I self-regulate, but also how I've learned to self-regulate. And also the support I've had in doing that. So what is self-regulation? What does it mean? Um, What is it as a tool? So to begin with, spending time and really trying to understand and get to know the person you are, which is always changing, continually checking in and figuring out what that means and how it's impacting you and how all the external factors and the internal changes are being navigated in your life. That is the most important thing you can do in this human experience, in my opinion. Um, You are a changing being. You experience so many things. You are going to be different versions of yourself in a year from now, in 10 years from now, The people around you might change. But one thing that will remain consistent is the relationship with yourself that you put in the effort to make it work. And that also applies to romantic relationships and the family relationships that we have. It's about the effort we put in. And that's exactly what creates them or continues to nurture them. So self-regulation, how do we manage that? How do we talk to ourselves? How do we check in with ourselves? How often do we do that? Now, what self-regulation looks like for me is journaling. Journaling, especially when I have so much on my mind, I feel like I cannot break it down or compartmentalize it. And when I say journaling, sometimes it's writing a bunch of nonsense or writing out the really kind of difficult or maybe even hurtful things I really want to say but I know aren't really coming from a place of love or me. They're coming from a place of frustration and um, stuck, stuckness, if that's a word. So I will scribble this out and 
Sometimes I'll actually take the time and if it's journaling because I've really come to an understanding of something and it's like a beautiful experience of change or realization, it's often really pretty. I'll take some colors out, I'll draw some things. Um, I'll write the date like you do when you're at school. And that's because that's something that's precious to me. I've made a transformation in my life or I've made a realization that's really contributed to how I see the world and how I experience others and others experience me. But when it comes to that messy stuff to get out, I don't even read it back. I'm just there to chuck it out, get it out of my system, especially if it's like something that's towards someone I really care about, but is really maybe hurtful. Sometimes we do want to yell and scream at somebody and it's not the best way to communicate, but we still need to express it. Now, not everyone likes to write. Some people like to go into a really remote location and scream. Some people take it to the gym and like to sweat it out. Some people dance, some people sing. Um, whatever it is for you, having that therapy or like a personal therapy is really, really beneficial to not only regulating your nervous system, but processing and self-regulating. Now, another thing that can give you the tools to self-regulate is speaking to someone a counselor or a therapist and I think the stigma around talking to someone about things is really reducing in many societies but it still exists it exists amongst ourselves where we're being afraid of being judged afraid of saying the wrong thing afraid of coming across as bad or evil or all those words that we've been taught are things we don't want to be associated with that are actually something we need to accept as a part of us as a shadow part of us, if you will. That's a way to express maybe some of the things that we don't particularly like want to shout about when it comes to our identities and our personalities or when we meet someone new. Oh yeah, I also have this attachment and I, I get worked up and I have this complex. Like that's not something you lead with, but it's really important to acknowledge that your experiences have made you who you are, but they are also contributed to a lot of sometimes unhelpful patterns, uh, thought patterns or actions or responses that not no longer serve you and actually can really impact and hurt some of the people you're close to unintentionally. So why therapy? Why counseling? Why seek something external when you can do it yourself? I think we can all maybe look at ourselves and say that we're not always seeing things clearly or objectively. We are humans, we have emotion, and sometimes that emotion takes over and it really makes us speak or act in ways that we don't recognize as us. And actually we would personally find very hurtful if we were on the receiving end. And what someone else does, someone who is uninvested in you emotionally, but invested in the care and well-being of your mental well-being and your physical well-being, such as a counselor or therapist, is there to be a mirror, a reflection. They are there to give you insight as well, but more so to give you an understanding of the ways in which your thinking patterns, your words, your thoughts are actually perceived and how you actually perceive them yourself. What does that mean exactly? Well, we have a perception of who we are in the world as others have a perception of who we are in the world. And because of the ways in which that we have been brought up and the experiences we have through childhood or the figures in which we did or didn't have, we have a proclivity to believing that things are a certain way. 
and usually anything outside of that is comes is usually faced with either rejection or defensiveness and this is once again very natural it's a very natural response but in order to work on ourselves to grow to find beauty in our relationships and friendships um, to be able to support each other we really need to be able to look at these things from a different perspective and that's exactly what someone else especially someone who is a therapist or a counselor can do for you and this isn't limited to those that are counselors and therapists or clinical uh, psychologists there are many people that can do this for you there are some friends that are just very honest and direct with you and are very good at listening and there is holistic therapists that have training in things such as meditation and yoga like myself and we can also be there to support people when it comes to counseling it's about turning inwards and having someone who can guide and support you into turning inwards in a safe environment without judgment with care from a place of love from a place of wanting you to be the version of yourself you want to project depending on your style of, of self-regulation and wanting to develop your your kind of coping mechanisms your strategies your self-regulation your your habits or your routine even i think a routine is a great way that i personally like to um, utilize when it comes to self-regulation um is knowing that when you are supported by a counselor or a therapist or a holistic therapist they are there to sometimes be very brutal and not in a way of hurting you um they are there to be very real about the stories that you're telling yourself we are very good at creating narratives and um, adding things to experiences through these kind of eyes of how we want to perceive it rather than hearing out how someone else thinks it went down. And what I mean by that is we tell ourselves that so-and-so is doing this and all these external factors are the reason why this is happening to me. But actually your perception of it is not always because of what someone else externally is doing. Your perception and how you respond to it is based on you. And sometimes we really do need someone to be direct. We need someone to say, no, you need them to call you out on things where sometimes the people we surround ourselves with are just yes people. They want you to be happy all the time. They don't want to get into confrontation. And maybe you don't surround yourself with friends that disagree with you or individuals that disagree with you. And that can really harm you in a different way. Not having different opinions around you, not having people to debate with or counteract or in, in a safe environment, not out of uh, winning or being right, but just to be able to question, hey, have you thought about seeing it this way? Or have you thought about maybe that not being how things are going? Have you thought about maybe that isn't the narrative and that might be something you're telling yourself? That is very important in building awareness, especially if you want to be someone that wants to learn to self-regulate your emotions and your feelings and your responses and be more aware. The one thing I will say is finding someone to do that with can be very difficult. It can be a struggle within itself. Being a person of color as an Indian woman, I personally didn't feel very comfortable speaking to a white therapist. It was one of the things I really didn't want because I didn't think they would understand me. 
and a lot of old psychological theory or therapists that have been uh, working for 40 years plus sometimes they're really stuck on old narratives themselves basing their understanding of what you're going through on stereotypes on biases that they've been brought up with or they've been told through studies that happened many many years ago and intergenerational trauma is something that is really difficult to work with with someone that hasn't understood what that means there is more and more research on things like inter intergenerational trauma being in the body of a person of color how that impacts you how your family unit impacts you how their experiences of life have impacted you based on how they were treated and how you are treated in your life so for me it's really important to find somebody of color just to have that understanding and that's not for everybody it depends on the kind of things you want to work on and the kind of therapy you want and the kind of things you want to work through the kinds of things you want to dig into and understand, whether it be intergenerational or it be about shadow work, then you want to select somebody based on those preferences or those expertise. Now, it can be a long road trying to find somebody and I think a recommendation is always great, but also know that you might have to try a few and they don't work out. Think of it like relationships or like clothes, trying on different sizes. And it's completely okay, you have the power to say, actually, I don't think that person is for me. I don't think they're really listening to me or understand. However, sometimes we might say that to ourselves when we're being told things we don't want to hear. So this can be really tricky. I understand how complex it is. One of the great things is we have the internet, we have social media, which can be really helpful in this respect. We can really get to know the individual who is a therapist before we even meet them. We can see what work they're interested in, what study or research they're currently doing, what kind of community groups they work with. This is all really key information to seeing if you're a fit with somebody. And nowadays we can have therapy online, we can have counseling and coaching online. And that really helps us in terms of managing our schedules. So there's really a lot to say on this topic and I don't think I've even scratched the surface when it comes to self-regulation and maybe diving into that a bit more is something that we can do in the future here. Um, I guess the main message I wanted to share is how invaluable it can be to get a different perspective and start to see yourself um, in a different light. Start to think about what it is you want to change if there is something to, to change or you want to change. Start to think about what other narratives I'm telling myself, especially if you're feeling like you're stuck or unhappy or frustrated and start to think about your responses and reactions. and. If that is too much for you, if that's overwhelming, then get it out in whatever kind of physical form you can. Um, releasing from the body for the nervous system is really important. Being able to release that energy um, on a psychological level, on a um, physiological level is really beneficial to our nervous systems, to our cell regeneration, to our mental health, to the energy that we have. Having an outlet is really important and having that outlet without judging yourself for it it doesn't have to look wonderful or pretty or attractive it doesn't have to um, look like someone else's experience it just has to give you that feeling of release a bit like in yoga where we take in a deep breath and we sigh and sighing is actually a really natural response to just releasing and you'll notice the body will do it by itself but making sure we take those deep breaths and sigh, even just taking three of those every morning or just powerful releasing breaths, shifts a lot of the energy, shifts a large amount of air in the lungs. 
and just takes off sometimes a lot of weight that we might be feeling. So start with maybe something very simple, something manageable. If you're not sure where you want to go, write things out, dance, sing, scream, run, lift weights. That's also a really great way. Putting your muscles under tension. That's another way to kind of release stress. Whatever is there for you, I suggest to try different methods and hopefully you'll fall in love with one. And if then you feel like you want to dive into something or want to talk about it, or want to find someone that can help guide you, go ahead and reach out to somebody. Perhaps try and do some research online as to what is and what it might look like for you. And maybe take that leap and try one session. Thank you for joining me once again for the Feeding Your Healthy Mind podcast. As usual, I hope to be bringing out another episode in another two weeks. We've almost come to the end of the first season. I've really enjoyed how um, this podcast has developed as they've gone on. They have got, got slightly longer. Please let me know if you prefer the shorter 10 minute ones or you do like maybe a 20 to 30 minute podcast on some deeper top topics or maybe a bit of both. Um, but once again, thank you for joining me in feeding your healthy mind and I'll catch you next time.